show from the david a howe public library recorded right here in wellsville new york where it is currently snowing like crazy oh my gosh yes it is i'm ali fessmeyer which is a name i'm still not used to yeah but it rolled right off the tongue that time there was no you weren't tripped up nothing (laughs) i was prepared for it this time yeah yeah i could see that i could see the confidence in your eyes here's the thing about the snow ali i know like you know correlation is not necessarily causality you know Mm -hmm, but it wasn't snowing before the lions put the christmas trees on the front lawn Oh, Do you know I what I'm saying? What you're saying. Yeah. It was bright and sunny. They put those trees up. Winter Wonderland. Right. So, you tell me. I mean, yeah. it seems like something's going on. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you've been busy. I you have and been Kate busy. over in the in the children's wing. Uh, things are happening. Things are happening over there, it's and an I'm excited ex- a very about exciting it. Exciting time. Should we talk about it a little bit? Sure. We're just kind of repurposing the whole wing. That one room over there has been many things over the years: the boardroom, the vinyl record room, the large print room, the tech lab. Uh, and it was sort of the one outlier in that wing that wasn't part of youth services. So in our most recent shuffle, putting the tech lab right behind the desk, making that space a new, really like a YA space. Yeah. And then further sort of developing the rest of the area so that we have like a young kids, like e- the easy books, the picture books, more of a, a junior, like 8 to 12 kind of room and a YA room. Super exciting. Every time yeah. I walk in there, you guys have moved 20 shelves i feel like <laughs> well we're super excited about it so we've just been like yeah let's go let's go yeah. let's go yeah and so pretty much most of the last mm, week and a half now i want to say it's just been like kate and i going crazy and just, moving books yeah. which has yeah. really been a blast it's the only way to do it i mean we've we've done major moves in the library many times over the years and like once you move that first thing you just got to keep going yeah you exactly know? like the ball is rolling you just got to stay behind it you know yeah. is that so where you want to be with the rolling ball behind rolling it ball. you don't want to be in front of it yes yeah so yes. stay I behind would say you it you don't want to be in front of it but you're ahead it of might, the curve right but you're behind the okay some of it might depend on the size of the ball too. that's true like we're talking it's indiana jones style you probably want to be behind it that's what i would say okay you know what you know those bouncy like chair balls or like yes. exercise balls okay. i do yeah so one time I was up at the horse barn at Houghton College during my time there. It's a university now, but okay. Oh, you're right. Shucks. More things are changing their I know, names. Yeah. Um and I was in one of the barns doing something for my part time job that I had mm-hmm. and there was one of those like bouncy city exercise balls, but it was enormous. Oh. Like it was for the horses. It had like a little horse logo on it and oh. everything. And I want to say it was close to as tall as I am, which TBH is not that tall. Right, right, right. But it was an extremely large ball. Yeah. And I did boing on it, even though it was definitely intended for the horses. I feel like I was distracted for the latter half of that because I was trying to parse out TBH. But I got it. I got you it. You got TBH? Yeah, you didn't I got know it. that one? I, well, I did, but you said it and I was like, what does that mean? But I'm with you now, to be honest. To be honest. To be honest. Yeah. Do the horses play any sort of uh, games with it? Is there like a kickball, an know. organized kickball squad? That's the question I have. Is I'm okay. like, wh- how do, how exactly do the horses use this? Because it's clearly for them, right? But do they like, do they do they lie down, like swoosh their stomachs on it? You got me. Do they kick it around with their hooves? I, I don't know, but I want to know. I like, want to know Any too. of the possibilities are really fantastic. They really are. They really are. You know, I had to look back over the list of episodes here. This is the first time we've done back-to-back podcast episodes together. It does seem like it was not that long ago that we yeah. were doing this. Yeah, we just did the one after you got back from Nyla. But every other yeah. time, there's been like a different guest in between. Is it too much for you? Too much too well, soon? I think it's okay. You can handle it? <laughs> I can handle okay, it. Okay, that's good. It gave me an, uh, another opportunity to practice my name. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, and you did better this time. Thank so. you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm working on it. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's roll into some bookmarks. <laughs> Bookmark. What's on the docket? So I am, as as usual, making my way through Louise, Louise Penny. Louise Penny, yeah. So I am up to All the Devils Are Here. I'm getting very close to the end I of was what's say, published. Where yeah. are you at? Like, what number are you at? Uh, I think it might be like 14 or Yowzer. something like that. Right. And there's 17. I think the 18th is coming out maybe this month. Unreal. And so, and so then I have to, like, do what everyone else has been doing and, like, wait a whole year in yeah. between each book, which right. I don't. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I also just finished reading a Jeeves and Worcester novel, Brinkley Manor. Right, right, yeah. Yes. You know about my uh, 
my yes. affection for Jeeves. I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Did the novel live up to your expectations? Well, I have to say the problem at this point is that I've read and seen the adaptations of them all so many times mm. that they do start to lose some of their like. I get it. Pizzazz. So is this a reread or one that you had? This was a reread. A reread. Okay. But I thought it was one I hadn't read for a while, and so it wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. But I was like, no, I remember. Incorrect. All of this. Okay. There were though some parts that I had forgotten, and they were much funnier than I remembered. Okay. So that that was. Yeah, that's good. nice. It's always a pleasant surprise. Is this a common thing for you, like the Louise Penny thing, like burning through fourteen books over the course of a couple of months? Is this? Not really. No. No. no this is just a, a unique thing. Yeah. Well, because usually. I don't have a ton of authors that I'm like, this author I'm yeah. going to follow religiously. Right. And like those who that I have that I would be like, oh, I really love this author. It's like they're a middle grade author and I read mm-hmm. all their books when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Right. But I feel like at this point I most like I have a couple authors that I'm like, oh, yeah, if they put something out that looks interesting, I'll read it. Yeah. But it's not not nearly as common okay. to just absolute binge yeah, read I, the entire series. I sometimes over-regulate my own reading and I rarely will read like the same author of the same series back to back like only every once in a while. So the fact that you've managed to stick with it for 14 books is the, the Im- fact that concerning? Impressive? It's one of the two. I don't know. I have listened to them all on audiobook which okay. I think has helped Yeah, just kind of keep some forward momentum. Yeah. And I'm getting to the point for a while I would have to like put a hold on it and wait. Yeah. But I've outpaced the crowd. Yeah. And so now... If I finish one and I want to start the next one immediately, odds are I can. Yeah. Man, it's so weird just thinking about, like, the way people, like, embrace different things. Like, who would have thought 10 years ago that, the like, the rise of audio was something that was, like, ahead of us rather than behind us? You know what I mean? That's fair. It was like, you know, because as you're aware, uh, video killed the radio star. Right, and right. now I feel like the reverse is kind of happening. You know, like yeah. you're looking to podcasts and audiobooks. I feel like partly the rise of audiobooks is because of things like podcasts right. and things. So it's just weird. It's it's a weird. I mean, I like it. You know, I, yeah. I, I always like podcasts and audiobooks and things, but just unexpected that suddenly that's such a marketable thing, you know? Well, I wonder if some of it is that like, you know, initially video killed the radio star because it was like new and yeah. exciting and, you know, yeah. quote unquote better. But I feel like maybe now both mediums have been around long enough that we can kind of recognize like these are four different things. Yeah. Like I can't watch a movie while I'm driving in my car. Correct. It's really unsafe. You shouldn't do it. But I can listen to Amelia Louise Penny books yeah. on audiobook in yeah. one year. So I feel like there's also a difference now between like, you know, before again, 10, 15 years ago, whatever, like you're doing the dishes and maybe you have music on or something like that, but you're not like, Oh, I have to have a constant, like, you know, whatever entertainment or stimuli or, or a story or whatever. And I feel like now it's more like, or at least for me, I'm like, well, if I'm going to be doing this, yeah. I might as well click a couple of boxes here. You know, let's pound through this uh, this audiobook or these podcasts. Which, to be honest, I feel like maybe that's not good. It shows something bad about our like maybe. ability to yeah like focus and exist with silence and stuff. Yeah, but you know, yeah. My son constantly like I'll, I'll go up you know at nights tuck him in or whatever, and he's like got an audiobook going while he's reading. And like the he's same book or different? No, books? different. Oh my and he's gosh. definitely like absorbing them both. Oh you my know, gosh. like and a lot of times, you know, when he's doing that, he'll be reading like a comic strip or a book he's read before or something like that. But still, that would drive me a little crazy. Yeah, I feel I wouldn't be able to really absorb. Yeah. Like the most I'll ever do is like look through Pinterest, which is mostly image based. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. even so, I'll like get distracted and I'll be like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, what true. Happened? What happened? What yep, happened? Yep. Yep. I'm with you there. <laughs> I, I read some comics. Uh, it is Dinovember, so we have all sorts of dinosaur-themed programs going on here at the David A. Hub Public Library. we got some fun movies coming up, things like that. So I read Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. This is by Brandon Montclair. This was volume three of the ongoing series from, I want to say, 2017 or so. Last Dinovember, while I was home stricken with COVID, Kate and I did a, a, a Devil Dinosaur episode. And uh, so we talked a little bit about the original. We talked about Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Are you familiar with this at all? You know, I read a... Miss America comic that had okay a brief cameo okay so All I'm right. I'm familiar with the concept but haven't read any of them. Uh, Double Dinosaur is like a, a latter day Jack Kirby creation uh, for Marvel that he did sort of in the late seventies. It didn't last very long, um, but I always really liked it. I just think it's cool and interesting. And then it was sort of revived with Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, and it does like it is a continuation from the original stuff, but the series has kind of expanded beyond that. I know they're working on like uh, an animated series coming out in twenty twenty three, things like that. So hey, cool. Um, but Double Dinosaur is just one of those sort of niche characters that I'm always delighted when when we get a Double Dinosaur cameo. So. 
I read that in honor of Die November and had a good time. A lot of fun X-Men stuff in it. I also read Namor, The Dark Tide. This is one of the, it was an adaptation of an existing comic, but in the format of the Infinite Scroll for the Marvel mm-hmm. Infinity comics, you know? I haven't read a lot of Namor or Submariner outside of like random appearances here and there. And I was going to see, I saw Wakanda Forever this past weekend. And so I wanted to sort of brush up on some Submariner. I, are you familiar with this character at all? I don't think so. Okay. To me, he was always like the Marvel. I just thought of him as the Marvel equivalent of Aquaman. I didn't really care so much. That, I mean, you know, based on the name alone, I can yeah. understand. Well, I mean, he's like the king of Atlantis. and uh, So he is. Yeah. But I think if you want to get technical, I'm pretty sure Submariner predates Aquaman. So, you know. But I guess he wasn't as cool. I would. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. I think you're right. You know, uh, I feel like I feel like the the longer I live and the more I think I vaguely know things about Marvel, the more I'm yeah. like, and there's still so much random characters and other things that you don't know about. I always enjoy when Namor shows up. He's typically like very serious. He's got a lot of um, he's got a lot of interesting comics where he is either at odds or sort of reluctantly teamed up with the Fantastic Four, and there's always a little bit of chemistry between oh. the Invisible Woman and Namor. Oh. So, wow, you know. That's always interesting. So Namor Dark Tide, not so interesting. But, you know, I read it. I, I checked it off uh, my list there. I'm reading Children of Dune by Frank Herbert because we're going to be talking Dune in the coming weeks. I'm reading a Star Trek book called Perchance to Dream by Howard Weinstein. And I don't know why it's called that. I don't know why it's referencing Shakespeare. I haven't figured that out yet. But it's good. It's a next-gen book. I'm having a good time with it. And I'm reading Crumbs. Have you read Crumbs? I don't think I have read Crumbs. Like on Webtoon? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, it's fun. It's it's sort of a romance and she's magical. Oh. And they have little always fun. little magical devices and things. I don't know. I think you'd like it. Uh and that's it. That's it for me. That's what I'm currently doing. Are you watching anything good at the moment? So, with a couple of my friends, I've been watching this Netflix series called Partner Track. Oh, I don't know that. Okay. Um it follows this woman who is a lawyer and basically she wants to make partner. Okay. Um is but it is she She-Hulk? No, she's okay, not then, She-Hulk. Okay, so that but I haven't it. But it was seen like it. we were like, well, it. you know, lawyers we're just going to move from one lawyer show mm-hmm. to another lawyer show. You know, it makes sense. Okay. It's been really good and really interesting, but it is, at this point, we're pretty close to the end. I think we've got maybe two or three episodes left. Okay. And it is starting to feel like just a series of mm. the main character, Ingrid Yoon, makes bad decision after okay. bad decision. So. And sorry, is it fiction, nonfiction? What fiction. is it? It is fiction. It okay. is fiction. So, but she has fabulous outfits throughout. So, like. Okay. But. All right. Yeah. So, basically, it follows her and two of her friends. Um, who also make bad decisions. Oh. Just like navigating the lawyer world and like friend pressure and family okay. things and s- et cetera. Okay. Um, so that's been pretty interesting. I'm hoping that by the end she maybe pulls it together and makes some better decisions, but okay. we don't have we don't have much time for that yeah. to happen yeah. yet, so we'll see. You never know. Sometimes shows can like really nail it in that final episode and be like, yeah. it was all worth it. And I do feel like they pack a lot into each of the episodes, like a lot of stuff happens. Okay. And so I'm hopeful. I'm okay. Hopeful. I read a book once where I wasn't enjoying the book the whole time, and the last line made me reevaluate it. And I was like, "Okay, hey, that's so that's, that's quite a feat." It is fun when that happens. Yeah, I just finished a show called Surface. It's on Apple, and it's about this woman who it starts, and she has either fallen or has been pushed or jumped into like the ocean off oh. of a boat. Oh, and so you spend the whole time not really knowing who if anyone you can trust including her because she has memory issues so you don't know like someone is the villain of this story it's an incredibly slow burn of a show Mm -hmm. and i was getting a little bit more impatient with him i think my wife was holding on longer than i was but we finished it over the weekend and it really feels like they sacrificed something in setting up a second season rather than Uh, really paying off the first and so it ended and we were like why why that is the worst. So I can't. I can't recommend it. Um, I'm also watching Mythic Quest on on Apple, which is fun. Is it, have you come across this at all? I don't think I have. Set uh, behind the scenes at like a video game company. Oh, okay. And they run this giant game called Mythic Quest, and so they're constantly dealing with you know, there's like a like an influencer who's like a kid, but mm-hmm. like the tide sort of rises or lowers based on his opinions of things. So they're right. really like playing to this one kid, and I don't know. It's just fun. That's it's funny. A, it's a fun cast. We're having a good time with it. And I did see Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Which I did not see. You didn't. Okay. Nick is giving me the side eye. For those no, it's okay. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to talk about it. Uh, it I wasn't will s- my fault. I know. I will say I felt its length. It's very How long. How long is it? It's almost three hours. Oh, why? And I do, 
I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't blame them. I don't know what they could have done differently, but I do feel like it kind of feels like a movie with without a lead. As much as I like the characters who are in it, right. I feel like the script doesn't always position them to be like, "This is my movie," you know. Right. And I think you kind of need that in a superhero movie. Uh-huh. You know, I just think you need like the lens character and. Right. I, I don't know that we got that as, as strong as a lot of the performances were. I just felt like structurally within the movie, I really needed like one of the, the of the options here to step up and be like, this is my movie. You know, mm-hmm. it just I, I never felt like it happened, but a lot of good in it, a lot of cool stuff in it. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. And we can talk about it off mic because right. I want to know what you think. <laughs> uh, yeah. OK, that's it. That's it. Um, I thought today for book news, we might actually do some music news because oh. today our theme is going to be uh, some deep cut albums that Allie and I like. We yeah. haven't really. I listened to one of yours. Did right. you listen to I any? did. You did. I okay. did listen to it while I was moving books. So that's okay. It wasn't the most like yeah. attentive listen, but Understood. I did listen to Understood. it. Well, same with me. I had I had yours kind of going on in the background, uh-huh. like getting the vibe and stuff. But that's what we're going to be talking about a little later on. This is... Uh, this is exciting. I'm interested to hear what you got yeah. to say. So with that in mind, let's take a look at the top 10 albums of 2021 in the U.S. by total equivalent album unit. So how many albums were moved, whether okay. digitally or physically? What were the biggest albums of 2021? Morgan Wallen's Dangerous, the double album, 3.226 million Is this the units. Is this like the, the lowest one? Are we working our way up? Uh, mm, I should have done that, but no, that's, that that's is number top? one. That's the highest in okay. albums. I yeah. feel a little concerned that I have totally never heard of that. Okay. Well, how about this one? Number two here is Olivia Rodrigo's Sour. Two I feel, yeah, I heard, I heard about that one. 0.856 Okay. Don't think I listened to it, but I definitely heard about it. Number three, Drake's <laughs> Certified Lover Boy, 1.970 million. I mean, I know who Drake is. Okay. Number four, Adele, 30, 1.936 million. I also know who Adele is. Not an Adele fan. I like some of her stuff, but I I don't like actively seek out her things to listen to. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. All right. It just uh, sometimes comes into my sphere. Yeah. I get it. Number five, Pop Smokes, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon, 1.533 million units moved. That's Nothing. A, that's a lot. You were not, you were not moved it. by this. I was okay. not. Number six, Doja Cat's Planet Her, 1.510 million. I know who Doja Cat okay. is. Kid Leroy. Let's just say F Love. 1.505 million units moved. Number eight, Justin Bieber's Justice. 1.473 million. Anything? Uh, I mean, I I didn't listen to it. I know who Justin Bieber okay. is. From the baby days? From the baby days. <laughs> you know what? I like this album. Yeah? I don't know how I stumbled across it. I heard... There's a there's a track I think called Peaches that I heard and I kind of like liked the beat on it and my brother got this for me for Christmas last year on vinyl and I've listened to it a bunch and I I do I don't know if I have to be ashamed of admitting I like a Justin Bieber album so. but okay I feel like you can maintain your dignity okay here's an album that I really truly love and that's Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia moved one point four zero three million how do you feel about Dua Lipa I like Dua Lipa okay Future Nostalgia do you know that album? I don't actually know if I know that album or not you probably do the songs you know are probably from Future Nostalgia okay. I would well that's kind of what I was thinking but I was like 2020 we're doing the 2021 2021 right? and yeah. I was like when did things come out yeah, I know. my sense of time is totally borked yeah <laughs> so <laughs> finally uh the weekend after hours 1.342 million units moved how do you feel about the weekend I know who the weekend is sort of I basically know the weekend from the Super Bowl so you know well I, I don't even watch. You don't football, even watch so. that. I mean, I don't like football, but I do like <laughs> eating pizza while the Super Bowl is on. Okay, so, fair you enough, know. fair enough. Anyway, uh, that's all from Billboard.com. I agree. I'd have pizza right now. Should we stop this and go get pizza? I'm pretty sure we should. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, that's Billboard.com. Uh, and you can see how square Allie and I are because I've listened to two of them and you've listened to none except for Dua Lipa. I know Dua Lipa. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, and other ones, maybe I heard yeah, a you song might. or two. Yeah, we might know the tracks. But I didn't intentionally listen to yeah. any of them. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. So, All right. Well, in the history of this podcast here, back in the All the Books Show days, Eric Mickles and I did two album episodes. The first one, we each kind of listed our favorites. And the second one, we were like, what are the recent ones that we, uh, that we found that we were into? Those are both called All the Albums, Volumes 1 and 2. You can find that over on our YouTube channel, All the Books Show on YouTube. Listen to those, see what we talked about back in the day. I had to change one of mine because 
I forgot that I talked about it already in the second episode. And even though I'm the only one who remembers that and I myself forgot, I couldn't bring myself to do it again. So I've got a refreshed list here. I have three. We'll see how many we get to. All right. I also have three. Why don't you hit me with one of yours that you did not tell me? Okay. So one that I did not tell you. Yes. Is Owl City's of June album? Oh, okay. This is one of the older albums. I actually think this is his first album as okay. Owl City because okay. there was a Sky Sailing album first, and then this came out in 2007. Wow! Which is not when I started listening. Back to in it, the I'll early days. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I and mean, it was so definitely Fireflies for me. That was the one that I heard first. And what is that album? Do you know? That remember? is Ocean Eyes. Ocean Eyes. Okay. And that's the that's really the one that everyone knows. I yeah. would say. And now I feel like most people also know Good Time. Okay. But of the more like classic, quote unquote, yes. stuff, I feel like that's the one everyone knows. And I feel like this is the album that like even a lot of Owl City fans either don't necessarily know about or just don't think about. Okay. Was it like indie release kind of stuff? Like before the big like label release? It, it d- Yeah, it does have a little bit of like a I made this in my parents' basement kind of vibe to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it definitely has like a new artist sort of feel to okay. it, which I think is part of why it's not as like big. But it all has this kind of like oceans, exploring, ponderous okay. kind of feel to it. I really like it, even though I recognize... Not as many people do. Okay. <laughs> what's what's the track? Like, what's what's the track that you pull off that if you had to pick one? I'd say probably Captains and Cruise Ships. Okay. And what's the vibe of it? I mean, if, if I... So, like, I only know that the super popular album. Right. How much of a difference? Because I know the album that came after the Firefly album was very different totally. It was a different feel. Yeah. yeah. So, are the early ones, like, how do they relate? I'd say the early stuff is more similar to Ocean Eyes, okay. so like the Firefly sort of kind of feel. Kinda beat. Bouncy, kind of Bouncy. Okay. But I'd say they're a little more toned down. Okay. Um, which makes sense because they're earlier work. Yeah. So I'd say this this is fairly similar to Ocean Eyes in tone, but it's less varied. Like I feel like okay. each of the songs is more similar to all the other songs on this album. Okay. Than Ocean Eyes, I feel like. Even though I know a lot of people say all Owl City songs sound the same, which isn't true oh, once the later true. albums come around. Yeah, yeah, true. But um, I think even on Ocean Eyes, like they they fit thematically, I think, but right. sound the same. I wouldn't say right. No. Um. So I feel like yeah, those seem distinct at least to me, and I'm glad you agree. Yeah. But I feel like these ones feel more like a set of all the same idea rather than exploring yeah. things yeah. that are different but on theme. Got it. Okay. And so. So you want to buy into that if you're yeah, going to listen to this album. For sure. So how did you come across this album? Like, were you already a fan and you went and found it? Or what happened? I was already a fan. And the Ocean Eye songs were the songs that led me in. Yes. Um, some of my friends in middle school. Ooh. That's a throwback. Yeah. Um, liked this band. And they were, like, playing some of the music. And I was like, wow, this is great. And so Ocean Eyes is, like, the... I think it was the most recent album at the time. Okay. And it was the one I mostly knew. And then as I started to listen to more, I kind of explored backward yeah, the other stuff and found this one okay yeah. so did you have it on cd how did you have it i listened to it online but i do also have it on cd nice i think classic what's your preferred medium at this point i mostly just listen like to spotify yeah. i do still have my cds but i mostly use them like in my car yeah which does still have a cd player nice so, hey. nice but back in the day i would listen to my owl city cds okay on my little cd alarm clock in my room <laughs> over and over oh again. yeah okay yeah, that's a throwback. Is Owl City like still on your list of you're looking for the next album or are you happy with what I you definitely, got? Okay. I definitely follow Owl City and okay. I think he's releasing new music soon because oh, like cool. some mysterious vague announcement-ish things have been popping up on Instagram. I most recently heard Owl City at your wedding. I know. Yeah. We had an Owl City song as our first dance. I know. Yeah. That was cute. I want to know how long you worked on the dance because you had a lot of moves. We didn't actually practice it at all. Okay. You just had certain moves that you do? We Right. Most of the moves we just already knew from doing ballroom and swing club at college. Oh, okay. We did there learn one move specifically for the first dance okay. just because... You got to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like there's this couple on Instagram that posts like fun ballroom and swing moves you can do. Okay. And I saw one. It was like you get like scooped up. I, I as the woman, get scooped up. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of fly around in a little circle through the air. And okay. naturally I was like, that looks like fun. We yeah. should try this. So we tried it. So that one we kind of technically learned for the first dance. Okay. But everything else we were just like, nice. let's do this now. Yeah. I think you could scoop Caleb and swing him around. I, I, think, you, I think you could. I think I could. It might yeah. need a little more practice yeah. than the other way around. Right, right. I think we could But it's doable, it. certainly. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to get, I'll hit you here with one of my, uh, one of my weird ones. 
Mine are all old. Songs I Like by Dick Van Dyke. This came out in 1963. It was with the Ray Charles Singers and the Enoch Orchestra. And this was like sort of right at the height of the Dick Van Dykiness of the 60s with Bye Bye Birdie and the Dick Van Dyke show being like super big. And they're like, oh, you got to do an album. So he did this album and it they all have a show tuny vibe, mm-hmm. whether or not they're from shows, you know. And the orchestra and, and the Ray Charles singers really sort of add a full sound to it. It's a cool album. And Dick Van Dyke is just... He was always like <laughs> my childhood idol. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I used to watch the Dick Van Dyke show all the time and I loved Bye Bye Birdie and Mary Poppins and all of that stuff. And so it was always like, and I was always in plays and stuff. So I always felt like if there was an actor that I wanted to like be like or like emulate, it was Dick Van Dyke, you know. Is that still the case? He's he's very old now. So, but for young Dick Van Dyke, okay, okay. yeah, yeah, I'll, okay. still, I'll still take that. I did Bye Bye Birdie twice, once back in Michigan and once here in New York. And it was great both times. And uh, I mean, for me, the experience, right, not right, necessarily right. my performance, but being able to do that, like, you know, Dick Van Dyke kind of role uh, was really fun. Uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang also oh, I excellent, loved. Excellent. But I found this one, I think I've just got it online. Like I was looking to see what, because I had the Bye Bye Birdie soundtrack and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and all of that. But I wanted like just like a Dick Van Dyke album. And right. this exists in the world. And I, I got it on vinyl. And once when I was in Chicago, I was at the giant like Virgin Records store. And they had the CD version of it. So nice. I, I got both of them. So I've always liked this album. I don't think anybody knows about this album. I'm not sure if Dick Van Dyke remembers this album. <laughs> Um, but it's just kind of a feel-good time yeah i mean like who doesn't who doesn't like show tunes yeah and that kind of thing yeah like he just kind of a poppy cover of put on a happy face which i think is funny i so i've always liked this album and then when i was reading his autobiography he talked a little about it and i was like hey it's an album i love he hates the album oh no he hates the album he does not like He was all super excited to do it, uh-huh. but they were recording it on the day JFK was assassinated. Oh my gosh! But they had like it wasn't just him. It was it was it was recorded like with a live orchestra, not like right. live in front of an audience. But, but it's like, not yeah. studio takes. It's like the orchestra and the Ray Charles singers are here, so we've got like seventy five people in this room. Right, you got to do it. You know what I mean? And so Ooh. that was new information to me. And even now, when I listen to it, I don't hear. They don't sound sad. No, I don't hear like a dourness to his voice, but he says he every time he hears it, he can hear him being like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here, which I get, you know, like there's certainly that would be be rough. Yeah. That was an interesting little factoid to learn about it. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. But that's always been a favorite of mine and and definitely fits the the deep cut. So if you were recording an album. Yeah. And the president was assassinated. Uh Would you go ahead and and still do it? Or would you be like, we're taking Mm. the day off. Let's regroup in a few Mm. weeks. That is a weird thing to do. It's just, I understand because there were like 100 people waiting there. That definitely changes the cards for sure. The closest thing I have to something like that. So I used to work in this dinner theater. It was like, you know, Mm -hmm. seven or eight shows a week. And it was like I was paid. It was a professional thing. And we had, you know, seven shows a week. And they were always all full because they worked with tours and everything. So I was doing Annie Get Your Gun on 9-11. So oh like gosh. I had my college classes in the morning and like, you know, class was interrupted with news and everything. And so I got out of class and like called the theater and I was like, are we still doing this? And we had to. And so Yikes. like it was a really, it was the most, uh, I don't know. It was just like really draining and just really upsetting for all of us. Yeah. And yeah, not not a day that like not a performance that I would ever want to see a video of or hear a recording right. of. And it's funny because I mean not funny, but it just it really like bonded that group of people. And like even now, nine eleven rolls around and we kind of like we don't really talk anymore. Right. I mean, it was twenty right. years ago or whatever. But nine eleven rolls around and we'll all kind of like send each other little messages of like, Man, it was so weird that day. <laughs> so I guess there. That's that's that, that's a close Yeah, I feel like yeah. that. Without answering my question, it somehow does okay, answer my question. Good. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. How about that? I wouldn't <laughs> want sense, to. Makes I sense. I might still have to. Oh, man. All right. And top that story. Well, when I, when, <laughs> during 9-11, I, I was a toddler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So you can't. You don't have yeah, any stories to go with it. All right. What's next on your list? All right. The one I had Nick listen to is Girls in Peacetime Want to Dance by Belle and Sebastian. Yeah. Which is... I don't know. I think that's kind of a fun title. Yeah, it is. All their albums seem like they have fun titles. They do. When you look they have fun titles. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite title of theirs is probably Push Barman to Open Old Wounds. 
It's not bad. Which is which is probably more of a deep cut choice, but it's not the one I picked. Yeah. Um. So this was released in 2015. Okay. I think it's like their seventh studio album. Yeah, because they've been around. Like I feel like they've I remember around. them in high school, like uh, since like 90s, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. So, so why this one? This is the one I guess that I have listened to probably the most, or at least close to the most. Yeah. And it's one of the first ones that I discovered when I first came across them, and that okay. I was like, wow, this is great. So yeah. This okay. this has a special place in my heart. Yeah, I I messaged you when you when you gave me this one to see if you'd ever seen High Fidelity, the mm. movie High Fidelity, based on the book by Nick Hornby. The book is great, and so is the movie. Okay, the movie is all about um, you know John Cusack's character owns this record store that's like I don't know if I would say snobby, but it's like they have this really like somebody comes in and asks for a CB Wonders. I just called to say I love you, mm-hmm. and Jack Black's character just like kicks them out. Like we're not playing that schmaltzy crap in here. Get out. <laughs> And so it's that kind of vibe. And I always think of that movie when I hear Bell and Sebastian because at one point they're like just working in the store and somebody puts a cassette in and they're like, hey, it's the new Bell and Sebastian. And Jack Black <laughs> comes in and is like, what is this crap? <laughs> and so they get in this big fight and uh, he puts, he takes it out and throws it to the other guy and puts in like, a, you know, an upbeat sort of 60s pop kind of thing. And it's just like dancing all around. And John Cusack finally rips the cassette out and throws it at him. And Jack Black's like, sorry, I'm just trying to liven it up. You Here, why don't you put in your <laughs> sad bastard music? <laughs> sad old bastard. Your sad old bastard music. You know what? I feel like I maybe have seen part of just that clip, not the rest of the movie. So that's, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. And they like, so you hear a little bit of, um, I don't remember what song it is, but you hear a little bit of like the song playing over right. that, which is oh, super funny. Great. So that's what I always think of. But. How did you discover them? So my freshman year of college, I studied abroad in London, which was great. Mm -hmm. And so I was compiling this London playlist of like songs about London or about parts of London. And I was like, this will be fun. Yeah. I stumbled across this song called Mornington Crescent, which is like a neighborhood in London. Okay. It's by Bell and Sebastian. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a different feel from this album, but I really liked it. And so I just kind of like kept looking through more and more of their stuff. And yeah. now they are, in fact, high on my like release radar okay. of when new things come That's out. That's exciting. Like, yes, let's go. I have a bit of breaking news for you that maybe maybe you already know. The Bell and Sebastian are going to be in Ithaca in March. Okay, I did not know that. So you could lock in your tickets. I you may, could see I them live. I missed the opportunity to see them while I was in London. Oh. And that is one of my biggest regrets yeah. from my time there. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. That is it a was, bummer. It was rough. I had a paper. Yeah. And I needed someone to go with me because it was in like a weird part of town. Yeah. And no one else was going to go because we had a paper and didn't end up happening. That's sad yeah. when that happens when you yeah. like miss your one and only chance. I, I was trying to, as I was listening to this album, I I was kind of impressed after a few songs because I couldn't quite narrowed down like i don't remember what what song played but i was like oh this has sort of like a uh, like a 70s sort of folk like almost mm-hmm. a peter paul and mary-esque vibe to it and but then the next song played and i was like well this this sounds more like almost like a little bit like an 80s mm-hmm. light pop kind of vibe and it just sort of kept happening i i felt like it was difficult to pin down what the sound was right you know but i feel like they all at the same time go well together which right is yeah they do i think pretty impressive yeah that's what i mean like because yeah. i was like i thought it was kind of cool that it wasn't just an obvious like this is what the take is and that somehow they did still feel cohesive even in their differences right. so yeah i don't know like based on just that listening that i'm gonna like add it to the list but <laughs> i <laughs> but i did enjoy it you know well, like good, i, th- I thought it was cool yeah yeah this one also is like a little bit of a, a foray for them into more like poppy territory. Yeah. Which I know Bell and Sebastian fans have mixed feelings about. Some yeah, people yeah, are like, sure. yeah. And other people are like, why yeah. would you do this? Yeah. But I personally feel like it it's a fun change and it still preserves the sound right. and feeling and ethos of all their other stuff. Yeah. So props to them in my opinion. But I mean, I always think, I mean, I was just complaining about... Uh, <laughs> Owl City, like having their next album be nothing like the first. Um, and there's other instances of that too. Like I really liked Megan Trainer's title album, but the next one didn't have that doo sound at all. And I was mm. like, what are you doing? But I feel like in the long run, when you're going through an artist's discography or something and they have a couple like off the wall, offbeat kind right. of albums, I always appreciate that. I like, oh, it's the weird one, you know, or like yeah. this is sort of the stripped down one or whatever. So, yeah. And it's like, I'm sure it must be really hard especially when you have a fairly well-established like base of fans to be yeah. like, 
we're going to give you something different from right. what you normally want. But right. I feel like, I don't know, like all the more respect for being like, we're going to try something different yeah. creatively. Like, yeah. good for you. Take yeah. risks. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's move on to the one that I told you to listen to. And that is Good Times by Sonny and Cher. Do you know anything about Sonny and Cher? Um, other than that they have existed in the world. Or was that news to you? No, I, I knew they existed in okay. the world. All right. But not much other than that. I saw a movie that had Cher in it once. Really? What was it? I don't remember, but it's okay. like set in Europe. Kind of Tea like with Mussolini. Movie. Yes. Yeah. That one. That's a good one. She sings Smoke Gets in Your Eyes in that one. It's just like a little clip, but uh-huh. I always thought it was so cool. Yeah, that's a good movie. So that's most of what I know about. Uh, share okay all right well good times uh this so this is the soundtrack to their one and only movie which share did not want to make and they were Oof. mad the whole time that they were making it oh, uh, not the, a good time. the movie was definitely a flop and they didn't uh they didn't make movies in fact one of the movies that they were set to make next um got scrapped because they just didn't want to do it and it got turned into an elvis movie with elvis and nancy sinatra taking oh. the sunny and share roles which you know it's kind of a, a weird little thing but I always like the movie. It's the movie is about them not wanting is Cher not wanting to make a movie and Sonny being like, We have to do it mm-hmm. and they're trying like different genres. So it's more like vignettes of like, you know, now we're doing a gangster movie, now we're doing right. a western and stuff. And it's you know, it's a showcase for the music and their whole dynamic. So I like it. Not to keep bringing up nine eleven, but I <laughs> But just I, one of those days here but over i went David to i know i went to new york city with my grandpa when i was in 11th grade which would have been 2000 so this was like october of 2000 and we went and got tickets for our broadway show in the twin towers and then we went over to the other one of the other buildings in the world trade center and there was a sam goody in there and they had a bunch of just like random obscure things it was this big collection and i found good times on vhs there yeah. and i'd never seen it before but i liked sunny and Cher, you know and it's just it's kind of a cool album. I don't know how many of the songs were specifically written for that, mm-hmm. but there's like some sunny, a sunny solo, a share solo, and then like a remix of I got you babe. And just, I don't know why, but this album has just always been one that I enjoyed and I have it on vinyl, you know? Yes. So that's where I got so it. That, yeah. Released. Uh, the album was released in 1967. Uh, it went to number 73 on the billboard hot charts. Uh, and the song it's the little things reached number 50 in the U S number three in Canada. That's always been one of my favorite Sunny and Cher songs. And the movie version is different. Like the oh. Sunny gets a different verse and it's better. It's cool. Um, so the film was a bomb, as I said, but it was the first movie ever directed by William Friedkin. Uh, and he would go on to direct things like the exorcist and the French connection and stuff like that. So it became well, cool. this like legendary director and started with Sunny and Cher's good time. Funny how Did that you works. have any thoughts on good I times? I enjoyed it. I, Did thought you? it. I thought it was a good time. Do you listen to much like, you know, 60s, 70s kind of stuff or no? Sometimes, yes. Okay. But I, I feel like it. I don't so much know like specific artists that I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, it's more that I'll have something on like a playlist or a yeah, video yeah. and stuff will come up and I'll be like, oh yeah, this is, this is a good time. Yeah. But not that I'm like, I'm going to seek out this particular person or that yeah. kind of thing. So I honestly don't remember the genesis of why I liked Sunny and Cher or why I started liking Sunny and Cher. It just sort of seemed like I always have. So <laughs> I don't know. Sprung from the womb, like, give me more Sunny and Cher. Pretty much. So even though Belle and Sebastian were popular when I was in high school, I was listening to Sunny and Cher. So, well, Belle and know. Sebastian were not popular when I was in high school. Ah, so, okay. You know. All right. Just so, yeah, I guess because we're, we're both behind the times and out of date. So, yeah. <laughs> that's this why is we didn't know any of those albums. That's so right. <laughs> that's right. Because I'm still listening to Sunny and Cher. You're listening I'm still to Belle and Sebastian. Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're exactly right. So this is a cool one. I don't know that this is one if somebody was like, I've never heard Sonny and Cher. I don't think I'd be like, listen to the Good Times soundtrack. But What one would you recommend? Oh, what a good question. I feel like you probably would want to go with a compilation because their early albums, they, they don't have very many. They have like five albums. There's just the two of them. And it's kind of a mix of covers of like, you know, 60s tunes and mm. then like Sonny Bono originals because of that the the individual albums are pretty uneven i had this set i think it was just called best of and it was like all of the atco uh which was a label from the 60s all of the atco hits and that's a really good like okay. overview of like sunny and shareness and actually in the last couple of years they've there been a couple of really comprehensive sunny and share compilation albums that that uh have you have you pretty good covered but good times for me was just always one that uh, i like the movie i like the music and that's one that comes to mind a lot 
Well, and I have to say, as I was listening to this over in the children's department this morning and moving books, I was like looking out the window and there was snow. You know, when I put on the first track, I was like, this isn't Christmas, but it gives me such a Christmas vibe oh, yeah, compared with it, everything else. Yeah, it's kind of an instrumental, like, uh-huh. yeah, I got you, babe, sort of like, yeah, yep. I get that. I get that. I'm so that, put was, that, that was fun. I'm going to put that on a Christmas playlist. You yeah, just inspired it. me. <laughs> All right, what's your last one? All right, Let my last one is Chet Baker Sings. This is the one from <laughs> 2006. Okay. This is a vocal jazz album, which I think the, the reason it's called Chet Baker Sings is he mostly does, like, instrumental stuff okay but this time this time he he sings sings. okay and i i really like jazz but i tend to be more into vocal jazz because i want to sing along yes what can i say yeah and i can't like i can maybe do that if it's instrumental but yeah it's not really what it's meant for yeah so and this one is um it's an album full of like mostly sad kind of ponderous songs okay and so, like, it's just perfect for, like, a rainy day to kind of have it in the background. Yeah. And I feel like Chet Baker does a great job of just kind of, like, crooning them out. And so. Yeah. That's cool. Are, yeah. So how did you discover? Just, I know you're a jazz fan. I'm Is a jazz you just fan. just kind of, like. I just stumbled. I think the first one I heard was, but not for me. Yes. There's a line about more skies of gray. The okay. first one I came across was but not for me. It just like came up like they're writing songs but not for me, that one. Yes. Okay, yeah, exactly I know. That. I know that the song, one. yeah. And I was like, "Oh, this is fun." And so then it was the kind of thing where I was like, "Let's find some more." And then I was like, "This whole album is just fantastic. Let's yeah. listen to it always." Is, so this is this like his only album where he's primarily singing? Uncertain, but I believe <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. So in in general, like is there a is this the chat would you recommend this to somebody who I totally would. You would. Okay. I feel like what mood? What's what's the setting? I feel like if you're n- no kind of like upbeat or like really happy setting, yeah. you want this. But if you're feeling like just mellow or chill or like you want some nice background music, it's raining, it's fall, you want to read and drink yeah. a cup of tea, or maybe you're feeling a little mournful and whatever. Yeah. I feel like those those are kind of the vibes that this album has. Yeah, I would not. I wouldn't recommend listening to it if you like just went through a breakup. That might be a bad idea, yeah. um, unless you want to wallow. But it's uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, not a good mm-hmm, idea. Mm-hmm. But okay, that's a that's a little bit the feeling. It okay, has. my final one here is uh, this is this is I feel like this is the deepest of deep cuts. It's called Infinite Rider on the Big Dogma by Michael Nesmith. That's quite the that's quite the title. I know Mike Nesmith is one of the founding members of the Monkees. And this is such an odd album for him. So I was at a, a legislative breakfast at the uh, Ithaca Public Library, whatever it's called, Tom's, Tompkins County Public Library. I don't know. I was there for legislative breakfast. And afterwards, we had time to kill. And so like we went and got lunch and walked around. And I found this little record store that was like in a basement. Oh, and so I went, fun. Yeah, yeah. So I went down in this basement record store. And it was just kind of like cruising through. Like I wasn't really looking for anything just kind of like flipping through and i found this nesmith album that i had never heard of and it's from a weird like 79 this sort of post monkeys and i don't know like it's just a weird it's a weird time and so i picked this up not knowing what to expect and it is such an odd album it, he was uh I, what's your history do you know the monkeys at all like do you know monkeys tracks not Probably really not. okay so the Monkees started, you know, as a TV series that was sort of like, what if the Beatles were, you know, had a TV series? And that's kind of like how it began. Okay. And then they sort of outgrew the the TV show, even though they were cast for the TV show and not really put together right. to be a band. They learned their own instruments and then like really became a band and surpassed the TV show and continued to tour right up until Mike Nesmith's death uh, within the last couple of years. And so that's kind of how it started. And Nesmith was the one who, uh, he was the only one writing songs early on. All the Nesmith songs from the Monkees tend to be a little bit more country. And I don't typically okay. like country, but I like the country vibe of, of those okay. Monkees tunes. Just the right amount of country. Yes. <laughs> and right after the Monkees, he, um, he did these three albums that were part of the first national band, was what it was called. Again, very sort of like country, not, not like Leonard Skinner country rock, but just a little bit more like, folky country maybe pop okay but this album is nothing like that it's almost like disco-y oh and it's so unusual so i started playing it was just like what the heck is this <laughs> but his performance on it is really fun like he's it just seems like he's having a good time with it he's like yeah i'm gonna make this weird disco album who cares and uh <laughs> so he did 
he wrote them you know they're all like his songs written and they're all uh, they all have one word titles so it's a very much oh, like fun. yeah it's very much like made to be a cohesive album it's right. not a collection of tracks or like oh yeah use this song it's like they were all written to be this album it's cool and it's weird and and i i really like it uh i interviewed mike nesmith on the all the books show about his writing so we didn't talk about like monkeys or solo stuff right. or anything like that and so in preparation for that uh, actually in the aftermath of that i read his autobiography which is called infinite tuesday this album i don't even think is mentioned in there so it's such even like in his career it's like he didn't even think elevate. About it. yeah it was kind of like oh that weird disco album so and i probably never would have found it if i hadn't just randomly come across it in that record store but now like whenever the songs come on or whatever i'm like oh right this weird like nesmith quasi disco album <laughs> well what do you think uh premise wise here the the assignment put before us was deep cuts now I had not like I knew who Bell Bell and Sebastian right. were, which I, I have to say I was surprised and impressed. Okay, and of course I know Owl City. Right, Chet Baker is a name that I've heard, but like I guess I would have thought like he was a country singer in the '60s. So <laughs> I can understand why you, you might, know. Why you might think so that. I don't really think that counts. And none of the album titles that you mentioned had I ever heard before. So yeah, I think you I think, think yeah. You think I did some deep. Cuts? I do. All I right. do. I wasn't sure, but I. My ability to determine whether other people actually know the things that right. I know is really limited. Right. But I will say I didn't know any of the albums you mentioned. Okay. But that really could just be a me thing. Mm. So I okay. think I think you did a good job. You're going to take it. But okay. yeah. you might not be the best judge. I don't think any of these are going to be. A, you're not going to hear them on like radio play. You right. know what I mean? Right, even right. even like, I mean, maybe maybe a, one of the Sonny and Cher songs, but I don't think so. Because <laughs> I don't think any of the ones on there are like The Beat Goes On or I Got You Babe. And that's pretty much all you hear. So, Yeah. I think they're deep cuts. I like that too. I mean, I always like to, you know, if you have an artist or something that you like, I, I always kind of exhaust the discography. Like I want to, yeah. I want to kind of hear it all and listen to different things. And, and so like, I, I liked, I like sort of like weird corners of, of all three of the ones that I picked. So yeah, good times. It was fun to, uh, how did you go about selecting the ones you were going to do? Um, I tried to choose some like ones from like slightly different ish yeah. eras. So, like, I, I still listen to Bell and Sebastian a lot, but I listen to them a lot in college. Oh, okay, okay. Owl City I still listen to, but I listen to a lot more in high school. Yeah. Chet Baker I listen to a lot now. And so, was like, what are ones that have kind of stood out mm. over the years, mm-hmm. I guess? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I I mean, certain ones just came, like the Dick Van Dyke one just, like, came to mind because I feel like truly nobody remembers that one. Uh, and then I use this app called Discogs that, like, catalogs. It's basically like Goodreads, but for... Oh music that's you know. cool um i use it primarily for like records i haven't put like all of my cds in there but i you can go through and uh you have your collection and you can just like shake your phone and it will choose a random one oh, from your fun. collection yeah you just be like, here you go yeah you can just be like Neh. so i did that a few times i just kind of scrolled through and, and found a couple that i thought like fit the bill but it was fun to, to do like a deep dive just in the own my own music yeah. you know the kinds of be things like that i like to find a couple that i thought uh, would be weird uh, normally, I would say, and you could check all of these out for the David A. Howe Public Library, but you definitely can't this time. So It's conceivable we could have Chet Baker sings. I feel like that's the most likely okay. one. Okay. All right. But well, I don't I mean, know. Maybe Owl City. Maybe. Maybe. But it's it's a it's a weird Owl City. Yeah, but maybe someone knee-jerked. Maybe when, uh, when why can I not remember? O- Ocean Ships? Is that what it's called? Ocean Eyes. Ocean Eyes. Maybe when that one came out, people were like, oh, we got to get more Owl City and grabbed it. Who maybe. knows? Who knows? Well, I mean, we'll hook you up. If you come and you're desperate to hear these, we'll find a way. We'll just play it on that's Spotify a, in the a, middle of the library. That's a commitment. Like, yeah, we'll, uh, it we'll do it right there. We'll do it right there. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, in the coming weeks, we've got some Christmas episodes. We've got some Dune episodes. And Allie and I uh, have a new and different podcast percolating in the background yes. that we're still trying to figure out. So uh, stay tuned for details about that. This is kind of the, the Thanksgiving episode as well. So oh my gosh. what's your favorite Thanksgiving tradition? Uh, can I choose a food? Because I don't yeah. know if we have a lot of traditions sure. other than just like foods okay. that we eat. Okay. So my mom, I want to say always, but at least most of the time. Okay, you're describing a tradition. But well, go on. Okay, okay. <laughs> she makes like homemade cranberry relish. Oh. So like we'll get the can of the jelly from the store. Yeah. That's you also great. It. Yeah, you got to have but it. But I'm the like, only one who likes that. I like, don't understand. In my, like my wife's family, no. It's just great. Like it's, yeah. it's so unassuming and yeah. it's great. I know. I like it. I mix it all in. 
But she like cuts up the fresh cranberries and like other fruits and like makes this. It's like a okay, almost like a cranberry salad kind of thing right, for those right. of you who aren't familiar with a homemade cranberry relish. So would you like mix it with um like would you take a bite of like stuffing and turkey and cranberry relish and go for it or do you? Eat I it guess as its I own never thing? have, but I didn't realize until a few years ago that people mix the cranberry stuff with like oh, the savory yeah. stuff. I was yeah. like, you do what? That's that's what I do for sure. Yeah, which I guess now it makes sense, but. Yeah. For the entirety of my growing up, I was like, you eat one thing and then you eat you the eat other another. thing. Yeah. And you hope they don't bleed together. Yep. So okay. I think you could eat it with turkey and stuffing if you wanted yeah. to. I just usually don't. But that's that's the dish. Like your mom making that dish is like, it is now Thanksgiving. I think so. Yeah. I count that as a tradition. All right. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. How about yep. you? What's your what's your fa- Thanksgiving pick? Probably uh, getting up and having like cinnamon rolls and like a big like breakfasty kind of stuff while watching the macy's parade okay sorry i'm basic no i mean it's, <laughs> it's fine do you ever watch the parade not really no okay and i think that's part of the the like not having a lot of thanksgiving traditions thing. Uh-huh. like i know a bunch of people will watch like the parade yeah. and like the dog show yeah that's mark. right the dog show right and, after like, the parade yeah potentially a football game that kind of stuff yeah and we just never did any of that kind of stuff okay okay so I don't know. Yeah. We just hang out. Yeah. Parade and like a sweet and savory breakfast is, you know, I could take or leave the rest of it, but that, that I definitely have to go for. I do. I also like eating the leftover sandwiches where you like have a roll Yeah, and you put like turkey and pickles and stuff on it. It's a, it's a small list of things I miss like in my new vegetarian era. And the day after turkey sandwich is definitely one. Uh, and my wife is pretty inventive. Like she's looked up things before and we've had some things that feel pretty close to it. But I feel like that maybe is is one of the things that you just can't mm. replicate without the turkey. Have you have you done a tofurkey? I don't. We Yeah, some version of that, like, you know, like a holiday loaf, which is like right. the least appetizing terminology. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. It, but it it's sounds usually, suspicious. Yeah, it tastes pretty good. Okay. Yeah, but I'm usually okay with just sides anyway. You yeah, know, that's like fair. the turkey. And well, and there are so said, many sides. <laughs> the first thing I said was turkey. <laughs> the potatoes. The potatoes and the potatoes yams and like important. usually green bean casserole. Yeah, and, green bean you know, casserole is good. Uh, I'm there are so many side sprouts. dishes. You yeah. don't need a main dish. No, you like, don't. Realistically. You don't. Everything. It's, everything it's is the It's so main. much. Yep. You take a tiny bit of everything and you're still stuffed. First married Thanksgiving. Have you worked out who gets custody of you guys <laughs> this Thanksgiving? <laughs> I think we're going to maybe go to both depending on okay. the timing, which is what we did last year. Okay. And then if like timing is going to conflict, we'll probably visit one family like for the day and then one family on the weekend. Okay. So we can still see yeah. everybody. Yeah, that counts. But that counts. We still have to figure out the details. Yeah. And then Christmas. Oh my gosh. So many things. Coming right up. So many things to worry about. Okay. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of How's Things. Maybe I'll listen to the rest of your albums. Maybe I'll listen to the rest of yours if okay. I can find them. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's leave it with no commitments. <laughs> okay. Bye, everybody. Thank you.